I'm I'm whistling zippity doo through the waves. I'm like, hey, that's no big deal. And then I smell that. I'm like, whoa, we need to throw that person overboard. Because... The tomfoolery. You called it, not me. The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. And you're going to have bad weather, and you guys got to get used to it, so let's do it. When do you call it? How do you handle it? As a shop owner? As a captain? As a diver? I won't lie to you, boys. I was terrified. <laughs> I pressed on, and as I made my way past the breakers, a strange calm came over me. I- I don't know if it was divine intervention or the kinship of all living things, but I tell you, Jerry, at that moment, I was a marine biologist. George, I've just been reading this thing in the paper. It's unbelievable. I know. I was just telling the story. Oh, come on, George. Finish the story. The sea was angry that day, my friends. Like an old man trying to send back soup in a deli. Welcome back to Frozen Hell. Hey, welcome back to the Great Dive Podcast. Yeah. With your host, Brandy. Old Brandy. And your co-host, co-co-host. We're both, are we co-co-hosts? Co-co, just our co-co-host. Yeah, I think we're co-hosts. I think, no, we're both. We're co- I'm a co-co-host. Officially, we're we just, no. we're co-hosts. We're just co-hosts, okay. How to make some, how to make a simple so idea a into something very complicated. You're a host, I'm a host, but we're, together, together we're, we're co-hosts. co-hosts. Okay. Yeah, and old Jamesy. <laughs> Welcome back to what I like to refer to as Groundhog Day of Michigan. Groundhog 2.0. Yes, just the same day 3.0. over and over. Snow and ice. Look what, outside, it's snowing. What fresh hell this What a cruel state. bitch <laughs> this Mother Nature can be. What a cruel bitch. She's a cruel mistress. Yeah, slick you know, roads, icy roads. You know, before we in. left, oh. before we left, we were talking about how uh, how cold it was before we left. But it's cold. You had, you had said, yeah, but you watch. You know, when we finally get down there, it's gonna be back in the seventies. It's gonna be all nice here. Yeah, I was wrong. Oh, you're wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> and then, Happily, I was wrong. <laughs> and then we come back to uh, it's still holding on. Well, how does it another make- winter storm? Right, right <laughs> as we get get home. How does it make you feel when it's crappy and then you leave? Oh. Or even worse, it's nice. It's like 60 in Michigan. And then you leave to go to Florida. And it's it's 70 or 80 down in Florida. And then you you hear that it's 70 or 80 in Michigan. Oh, that's nothing to I'm piss like, you off God more. damn it. Like, there's, there's no better feeling than being down on a Caribbean yeah. island. And then you see some CNN news report <laughs> come through of it's the, the worst winter storm ever. <laughs> Now you see, and now I was feeling a, now bad. That's a good feeling. I was feeling bad because I'm the kind of person that likes to laugh at, you know, I, I should say the misfortune <laughs> of others because that's it's all bad karma. I know I've got it all accumulating, but I was, you know, getting a little bit of uh, a little smile came across my face when I saw some of the posts on social media of the ice and snow and people going, "When will it stop? This sucks." But um, anyway, that's me. I don't take, I take uh, a little joy in a funny way, you know, comedic way, not a hateful way. Does that help? No, no, no. It's, Does that uh, ease my karma a little bit? A little bit, yeah, yeah. Because you're doing it from a good place. It's a good place, ultimately, so that we all have a chuckle. And ultimately, I'm not in the middle of the bad weather. Ultimately, I'm in the warm weather. I'm going to have a good chuckle from the beach view. <laughs> While you're chuckling about the irony back at, with the snow shovel in your hand, yes, because that all, always comes around eventually. If, if you make if you make oh, too yeah. much if you make too much of a of a of a comedic getting in and 
uh, on somebody's nerves with the laughing at them of their misfortune while you're down yeah. in the islands, you know that next trip you take, right? The, the universe, bl- the blizzard hits yeah. while you're driving to the airport and the plane doesn't even get off the ground. Yeah, yeah. You stay a night on the hotel on the airport floor. Yeah. Get up the next. Been there, been <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, 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 been there too. I was gonna say. Uh, the universe has a way of of having that come back around to, to get you. So I, I try to tread lightly. However, I just made a couple little comments to my little family friends, you know, little group chat that they had going, and how bad they were like, oh, this sucks, this is horrible. And they each sent a picture from their house and the ice and the snow. And, and I said, yeah, and I sent a beach picture. <laughs> yeah, you're right, this sucks. We're... The wind is a little... It's windy. It's a little windy, <laughs> and it's 82. <laughs> it's hard to enjoy 82 yeah. when it's windy. But then they had come back, well, it was 84 in Dayton where we were yesterday. I was like, do you got a do you got an ocean in Dayton? <laughs> so I know that we were, we were talking about uh, digging into some more of this deep air stuff. But I think we're going to have an emergency weather report. Let's have an emergency weather report today, due to uh, due to recent events with uh, what's what's holding on in the the north the northern part of the the United States right now with this unbelievable cold weather. As we stare out across the frozen tundra, it is just it looks like a blizzard out there. Yeah. Uh, you can't see behind you, Jamesy, but it's uh the wind is whipping. The snow is it's almost white out snow. I just saw a. A witch go by on a bicycle. No, it's just really rough. It's bad. That's the old sea witch following us from uh, <laughs> the old from Pompano witch. Beach. So yeah, so we just we did just get back from Pompano Beach, Florida. And although we're talking about how terrible the weather is up here, although it was eighty and and sunny most of the time, the the weather as far as the wind goes was not very conducive for getting on a dive boat. Right. It was whipping. It was a. Uh, it was a bit of an ass kicker out there. Yeah, and I think uh, I think some of our cohorts out on the dive boat would agree when their color comes back. Yeah, I can't help but feel bad for anybody that has uh, that. Can you succumb? Could you that. pass me my fins? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so bad. You know, it's really bad when you you go in on the first dive, you come out, and then you're getting seasick. And you're so sick well, you can't do the second one. Well, here's the deal, right? So I think and, they would have been better in the water. But. When you're seasick between the two dives and everybody's going, you should just get in the water. You should get you all your gear on. You want to hit them? You want to punch them? You should get all your gear on. <laughs> and, you get, and the last thing you're thinking is zipping back into your suit yeah. and, and, and trotting over. Because all you want to do is just lay in the fetal position and, yeah. in a pool of your own vomit and have somebody squirt you with a hose every couple of minutes, you know? But in reality, it is the smartest thing to do is get in the water, get think, down yeah. 15, 20 feet, and, and, and usually it goes away. But that's a tough sell when, when you're like when you're hurling over yeah. the side of the boat. Oh, hey, agree. just get back in. Well, you're sweating. You know, you're in the sun. It's sweat. You're sweating. It's 85. And there's, you know, 8 and 10-foot rollers. Everybody else is in the water, but you're on the boat going through all the ro- rolling, wavy motion. And uh, I don't think that. That aids in the curing of the seasickness. Oh no! So no. I think a little cool water, you know, and and no wave action. You know, underwater it's nice. It's uh, it's quite nice actually. Yeah, it's, it's so, being on the surface that really yeah, gets you. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a you're right. It's a hard sell, but I think uh, you you got to bite the bullet. That's how I would do it. Well, that's how I have done it in the past. I've well, that's the only way. Yeah. That's I mean, that's the only way. The longer you stay up there, oh, and, yeah. and and the more. The more mouths are spewing out around you, the sound, eventually, yeah. the sound, the, the smell, smell, the the, the yeah. look of horror on everyone's faces, the paleness, it, it gets you psychologically. So, I mean, oh. I mean, I, I'm usually pretty good, but there was there was a time over the weekend where I was I was talking to myself, oh. stay cool. If I see it, that's the thing. If I see it or smell it, is the worst. Being a medic, so I could watch somebody's arm get chopped off or their head get lopped off. Blood, guts hanging out. Cool. It does nothing for me. Somebody puking. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, the spewing of uh, other bodily fluids other than blood does really bad things for my stomach. Yeah. I mean, I, I handle it. I, 
I do live through it, but I don't like it. And, and growing up, I've seen some manly, manly men brought down Bam. to their knees mm-hmm. with uh, with seasickness. You know, and and sometimes they're pretty good water guys. You know? Yeah, they're, they're old sailors. Yeah, but I think any wise old sailor will tell it, you there are those who get seasick and those who will get seasick. You know, right? Those who have never, yeah, something to that effect. It reminds me of an old saying that my grandfather used to tell me. He said, always, no, no, wait, 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 wait. never, <laughs> anyway, something I'll never forget, always carry a litter bag. Now, anyway, it, it is one of those, uh, there's an old saying that wise yes, sailors yes. say is either you've, you know, you have been seasick you, or you, or you will, will be get seasick, yeah. right? Because we, you know, working in the shop, people would come in, you know, bragging, of course, they're navy seals and then they uh are bragging about how if we start talking about well we might have rough seas well i never get seasick never been oh. seasick we'll never get seasick i know how that many guy. dives you got i know that 36 guy. well through through navy bud s training i got 36 dives in well i, I remember going down to isla guadalupe years ago <laughs> yeah and that's just a long long yes. ride yes. down the coast you know just mm-hmm. in the valley of the wave the whole way mm-hmm. and they said on the boat listen if you're one of those guys that says, I don't ever get seasick, I'll see you on the back of the boat in 45 minutes. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So take your seasick medication now. And I didn't have any with me. And this other this other dude I was hanging with, he didn't have any. He's like, I never get seasick. I was like, me too. Uh, I'm going to go run to the bathroom, though. <laughs> there was this lady that, that was like, you got any extra of that boning? I'm going <laughs> to give it that I'm a shot. I'm just going to take a pop. Yeah. Took some. Does it flies. work? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've never taken I mean, the medicine. Nobody but. ate. That's the kicker. Like, like, because you couldn't even get into you couldn't even get into the galley oh, okay. because of the the second you went indoors, it was lights out. Was, yeah. So anybody that was not in the fetal position, dying yeah. somewhere, was on the back of the boat. You, you needed need the wind it, in yeah. your face. You know, you needed to have those yeah, breaths of fresh hopefully air. Hopefully, you didn't have the diesel fumes. That was always a kicker for me. Was oh yeah, that's being. The worst. You know, you know where the well of the boat is bigger than you can see, so you can't see the horizon out there. And then the the fumes, the diesel fumes, and then you're in a wetsuit or something, and it's already ninety five out, and you've got some, you know, just some nice six foot rollers going and going, and then you didn't need anything. Or especially, uh, and then you throw in those cross few or those cross winds where the that diesel kind of gets collected yeah, and just, just, and just like swirls in a little bit of a tornado effect right around yep. the back of the boat where you're standing so that... It just doesn't go away, right yeah. There. Oh, that's bad. Just even remembering uh, stuff like that gets me a little... But I learned, I mean, I learned, A, you always have something to eat. Do not go out on the high seas in an empty stomach. I know people think, well, I'm not going to eat anything because I don't want to get sick. Counter, counterintuitive. Don't do that. Get something in your belly. Yeah. At least your, you know, your stomach has something to use up with the, because uh, it gets an influx of all the, uh, and, you know, not to get too gross out there, but it gets an influx of all the breakdown juices, the digestive yeah, juices. Yeah. If there's no Look, food you're there. Either, you're either puking e- up food or you're puking up bile, bile and stuff. Yellow, fl- yeah, nasty stuff. It smells, Ugh. oh. Ugh. Like and then that, everybody else, like that. well, and that's what I mean by, if it's 95 out and somebody throws up and that smell wafts over, and I'm I'm whistling zippity doo through the, the waves, I'm like, hey, that's no big deal. And then I smell that. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> we need to throw that person overboard. <laughs> Okay, so for this emergency weather report episode that we're going to throw in here. Emergency weather. Okay, so in in dealing with this weather, I wanted something to kind of just kind of guide us through and, and keep us on track of our discussion. And I found this old article, again, from Scuba Diving Magazine. This one's from 2006, but it's a really well-written, detailed very informative and long, thorough article. I don't think we're going to go through the whole entire thing. We're going to kind of hit the, the parts that were relevant to us over the weekend. But it is uh, in the dive training section, and it's entitled The Weather Stinks. Now what? And all there is is uh, in this whole article is a picture of a bar. I think it's the bar that we were at. I was going to say, if the weather stink, thou shalt drink is the old Ten Commandments. One of the Ten Commandments. The, uh, these the 50, it's one oh, of these thank 15... <laughs> Ten Commandments of Boat Diving. Most dive shops down in uh, you know those tropical locations, 
if the weather does go bad, they usually have some sort of a coupon for happy hour at the local pub. Oh, well, that's uh, wise. That's it's, wise. It's a voucher you get. It's wise in one way and bad. wise and not so wise if they, they have diving the next day planned. But Well, it doesn't mean you have to get obliterated. Well, the thing is, in my experience watching people, it's, uh, that that's like the open pass to get obliterated. It's like, oh, we're blown out. God hates us. Drink. <laughs> well, you know, when the, really when the, the obliteration drinking is, is when they weather the boat out the night before. So, Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, we're at the pub, and they go, tomorrow's canceled. Don't even bother. Well, now you know you really don't have to get up until the afternoon. Yeah. You don't have to wake up till the afternoon. Well, the other thing is, if they cancel it, they, everybody gets together. You still show up. Right. You're still and, there. And you're like, it's 7 in the morning. What are we going to do? <laughs> well, Bloody Mary's are being served at Jose's. Well, right. So so there's that. But but mm-hmm. that that diver can kind of trail off. And like, okay, you get, get some drinks. You have some fun. You get back to the hotel. You sleep it off. You go out and have dinner, glass of wine. I don't know gonna, that diver. The diver gonna, I usually know. Because you're going to get up in the morning and you're going to try it again. But what I mean is yeah. it's Thursday night. Yeah. Right? You're at the... You're at the pub having dinner, and they, and they you get the call. Yeah. Forget about tomorrow. It's uh, it's not going mm-hmm. well. But when you would have gotten up off from the table in about another half hour or so, went to bed at a reasonable time. Now it's there's no reason. The waiter to. comes back over. Do you get the bill or do you get another <laughs> round of drinks? We're like we feel so. We need the drink round of sorrow and shame because we have no dive tomorrow. Yeah. So right, that's, and then the that's, shots start going. That's yeah. where the that's where the bad stuff happens. That's where the bad stuff or the funny stories begin. We shouldn't. I don't know if we should be promoting this kind of behavior. <laughs> I'm that right now too. I mean, the many well, dive trips talk, that we we've can, taken. Like, where I think it's okay to like laugh about it a little bit, and then we get yeah. we can bring it back to the reality of hey, we're being a little obnoxious. Yeah, and understand when to call it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, because we'll have the you know certain crowds will be like, oh, drinking and die. You never. You never right, yeah, yeah. And, and these are but the same wanna, guys that I've been out drinking guys. with. I've already been out drinking with them. I can. I'm not even going to go into it. <laughs> but it, it is one thing to be on the instructional end that you do have to preach. Listen, you want to be in good shape for the diving and whatnot, and that's true. Oh yeah. But by the same token, these guys are still, you know, they're fun-loving guys, and that's what fun-loving guys do. <laughs> Let me just put that out there. That's right, what right, they right. do. And you know, when you're when you're down doing, you know, um, a short little. Tr- short little recreational trip right versus doing a week long heavy heavy weeks. diving yeah. trip you know where you're doing three four or five dives a day potentially there's a different amount of celebrating after dinner that can occur right versus you're know, doing some big big technical dives mm-hmm. so there's a different mm-hmm. level of celebrating before and after a day of diving that could occur so yeah that that needs to that needs Taking to be under, account yes understood somewhere in there yeah yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and that's uh, we're by no means promoting. You know, go out and get yourself obliterated because you well, got an excuse. <laughs> but when it's you know five o'clock somewhere, and you you just finished some food, and you get the call that the boat's not going out tomorrow, mm-hmm. happy hour just started. You've probably taken part in the two for one special. <laughs> so, can you dive safely in bad weather? Uh oh, the weather stinks. The waves are big, the sky is gray, or it's raining, and the viz is turned to mud. But you paid to dive. You packed, you traveled, you're here, and you are ready to go. What should you do now? Just go for now, it. Now, this article in scuba diving, um, so it starts off with this saying, the captain's going. So the captain's made the decision. It's so, rough, but we're doing it. So, yes, the boat captain's going out, but he'll be drinking cocoa in his wheelhouse while you're bouncing off rocks and filtering your breakfast through your second stage. Yes, your buddy wants to go, but he was always a chucklehead. You've got to make this decision for yourself. What is a chucklehead? (laughs) And if you do decide to go, you may want some special gear. Finally, you need to take extra caution in developing a safe, conservative dive profile for the specific conditions. And condition number one, like we were dealing with recently, was the angry ocean. Stormy weather is the worst situation because it often brings cold, wind, current, and low vis. Your biggest problem, though, will probably be big waves. And that's definitely what we were dealing with mm-hmm. over this weekend. Man, we had a we had a wind that just did not stop all weekend. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, it got bad, which is why they just flat out called the boat. Um, it, it, did, t- it, it did turn out to be not as bad as they were expecting. And I think yeah. they were... Uh, Maybe regretting that decision. Regretting it, yeah, yeah. Talking to the the crew at the at the shop, you know, and then uh, so the next day they said it's kind of like yesterday. Let's give it a go, mm-hmm. and it was rough. I mean, it was doable. We did it. We did it okay, but we had half that boat was hurling over. Yeah, they're different color, different shade, a lighter shade of pale. And a, a, a lot of people ditched the <laughs> the ditched that second dive, which, yeah. like I was saying earlier, not always a good decision. Right, and then. One of the biggest things that I think dealing with this is the getting back on the boat, you know, getting that, a hold of that ladder. Yes, I was not say, having it beat knock you. you out. Yeah, that, beat uh, you like Hulk Hogan with a steel chair. <laughs> and the... Well, I was going to say that's the biggest safety issue in my mind is the the entry into the water is a little, you know, it can be a little rough in the sense of you might slip and fall because you're rocking and rolling and you're trying to move to the back of the boat. And they had us put our fins on and move to the, which isn't my personal and i know they're they're thinking well you know don't won't be on one leg holding on to something you know to put your fins on anyway long story short is so i'm talking about it can happen on the entry although you think if you do a halfway decent giant stride you're you get out there time it with the waves too i mean i wouldn't be yeah you got to do it with some common sense well there's there's that right and um I mean, there's times where you're, you are trying to time it, and then yeah. that rogue wave hits, and as you're like yeah. waiting to pause for Son it, of a... it's like, nope, you're going in. <laughs> exactly. I'm trying to find <laughs> one that'll launch you, maybe. I, I meant to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, it can, it can be hazardous. It can be a little... Uh, I always uh, take my mask off as I'm entering the water. <laughs> exactly. But I think the more dangerous period, you know, the dive is, is usually underwater. There's... You're not seeing a whole. I mean, sometimes you'll have surge and current. You know, I remember. Uh, I remember years ago, I, I saw this guy in a boat who had a had a piece of rope tied from his regulator first stage. Yeah, to his mast strap. Because, Obviously, because this has he, happened more than once to him. He, yeah, he goes, "I always lose my mask. Why don't you hold but on I, to it, dude, man?" He, because he doesn't need to. Because now he's got it tied. Oh, smart. <laughs> you look ridiculous, but but uh. I think that entry back onto the, or they exit out of the water, back onto the boat is the more dangerous time. Yeah, people getting whacked with a boat, I mean, turning their back to the swim platform. That's when I get. I, I'm like, oh, don't do that. Big waves means a greater chance of seasickness on the way to the dive site. Gearing up while the boat rolls is more tiring and harder to do correctly. Falling on the wet, heaving deck is more likely. <laughs> waves mean strong surge in shallow and not so shallow water and the risk of abrasion against the rocks. The greatest danger of all may be in approaching the heaving boat and climbing a ladder that is trying to throw you off. Then as you stagger to your gear station, tired and dazed, you have an opportunity to fall on the deck again. Yeah. All those things are something mm-hmm. you got to deal with, right? From I'd be curious, old James E., what, what Dan's statistics are with respect to diving accidents not bends related but more broken bone related from you know concussion broken bone trauma related from uh, wave action and stormy seas because that is well dan of course covers that too but that is uh, a real hazard in diving it, that isn't really you know taken into consideration when they talk about the hazards of diving the slipping and falling happens quite a bit happens at the quarry on the on the dock you know, so, but when, now take the, the right. freaking ground you're walking on and, and start throwing it up and down 12 and 15 feet. Sure. Falling on that wet deck. Right. You know, uh, before and after the dive is a legitimate concern. Yeah. So always keep your hand, you know, keep one hand free to hold on to something. Yeah. yeah. You kind of got to do the, uh, the, the, the jungle gym monkey bars is, yeah. is your, your best bet, mm-hmm. right? One hand as you step. And right. the other hand grabs onto something else, so you can always got something to give you that that third third uh, control point. Exactly. Yeah, that's why I'm not a fan of shuffling in your fins. I've never been a fan of it. Right. I didn't. I didn't like that program, but I'm not going to throw a fit. On the well, boat. yeah, and that's I, I that's always the, do what the dive master yep. says until they say something completely like what. I think they have to. Yeah, part of their protocol. They have to assume lowest common denominator right right and most people that are dealing with that weather those waves if they walk to the back of the boat without their fins and they try to put it on on that swim platform right. they're going to go issue. face first in the water with no fins on and yeah. then they've got a rescue on hand mm-hmm. so right. for them it's probably better 
shuffle. That's what I figured. Shuffle yeah. like a penguin mm-hmm. with the, getting your fins hooked on dive bag straps and yeah. knocking into stuff and kicking people. Trying and to lift them up over that small two-inch lip uh, on the transom there. For the dive master's perspective, it's probably way less problems for them to deal with. Right. Than having you who are uncomfortable try to put your fins on at the back of the right. boat and mm-hmm. go crashing. And mm-hmm. I, I get it. Waves mean strong surge and shallow and not so shallow water, mm-hmm. right? So you, you definitely got that to deal with. We're, we're on the end of those dives. You know, we had a couple people that you're trying to pull off that 10 foot safety stop and whoop. Yeah, popped it up. On mm-hmm. the surface, you know, losing, mm-hmm. losing sight, losing track of uh, where you're at and you miss out on those last 10 feet. Well, and I think at the end of this whole thing, we'll have to circle back around and, and say, ultimately, to dive is your own decision, right? And if you you are the only one that knows your abilities and your experience, your real abilities and your real experience, although many divers lie to themselves, right? The captain and the crew is just trying to cater to everybody's needs as well as make a buck, right? They're trying to keep a business going. So it's a hard balance, do we call it? Do we go? What's the experience level? Are these guys comfortable? Are they going to enjoy it? Do, how bad do they want to go? All those things got to be, they have to be taken into consideration. And when you watch those divers struggling, you know, they, they either A, lied to themselves, B, were not aware, but some of them struggling and, and having some bad days. You're like, Excellent, which, which is where the, the article moves to is the, the questions to ask yourself, right? So first one being, how big is the boat? Right, the bigger and wider the boats will ride steadily in seas that would swamp aboard a lot of little six packs. Excellent point. You know, and we had a we had a nice big boat, you know, the yeah. with room. So going out the day that we did, I mean that's one thing that I'm looking at. I'm like, yeah, this this the boat is easily gonna handle it. Yeah. But it's still it doesn't matter how big that boat is, when it's swinging and it eight, eight yeah. foot swells. Well, I think it steady six footers hitting it. Well, a couple big ones rolling through from time to time. Grabbing it's a hold of rough. that ladder is, yeah. is still rough. It's still rough. And I was just going to... You remember but, but old... Age, to, remember but, old... Boat? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say... Boat. We've been out... I've been out in... in, in old... Boat. So, uh, yeah, you want to come down? I've got a boat. You're thinking, awesome. we got a boat. You get out there. It's, you know, an 18-footer or something. And we're, we're all... Like, boat. You had to climb around that monstrous motor, and it didn't have a, a door on the transom or anything. Yeah. So, you were... And the, there was the the ladder wasn't much of a ladder getting onto the boat, you know. I'd take oh, your yeah. gear off in the water, and you, you don't want to, you know, t- twins and everything coming up a ladder that will only support two hundred or three hundred pounds. Right. Uh, anyway, whoa! I've, I've got my I've got my uh, kids' pool ladder. Yeah. See, that boat is great right. if you've got glass condition. That boat. It's great if you're in an inland lake. Exactly. But you hit the Great Lakes. Not in a Great yeah, Lake yeah. or in an ocean. But I can remember going out on it and just getting the kicked out of us and the struggle getting back. You know, you learn. It's a great well, teaching. Well, old uh, old Captain boat was, was the same. Yes, like, yeah. Back in the, well, but he went to that uh, 90s, dual, dual keel de- well, he deal. Eventually did, yeah. yeah. But he, uh, Which helped, But I think, all those but guys had like 26-foot yes, cabin cruiser mm-hmm. kind of boats, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, that they were just That weren't using, made for diving. They were just using them as dive boats. Yeah, they weren't made for diving, so they were... You know, the, the door and the transom wasn't that you were climbing over that. I remember diving off of a converted old fishing steel jabber that had no, where the, uh, you know, the gunnels, you could hardly see over them. And you weren't climbing over those things with twins. I mean, you could, we would roll off the side, but to get back on, he had a little crane. That would lift like the diver and everything. just hook onto your by twins. the ankle. You no, know, by the strip, twins, by your strip twins. A noose around the ankle. That's a terrible sound effect, but crank it up and the crane would go swing back over and let you down in your seat. Like whoa, they, there was a little plat, a little tiny like two foot by two foot platform that you could stand up there and wait to be hooked up. But that was crazy. We were doing, you know, this was a tech diving boat too. That Sha would be lucky to hold four tech divers, much less the six that were on right, it. Right, right. Yeah. Good old stories. The thing is, though, that those kind of experiences will teach you so that when you do get on a, like a a boat like we had down at Pompano, it's it's nothing. It's a piece of cake. 
even in rough seas, it's you know, although it's dangerous, and it, you know, but you yeah, have the, a little experience, the, right? The boat Odyssey Charters at Pompano Dive Center was it's a big, beautiful boat. Yeah, it's made for I diving. Got, and I got mm-hmm. no problem dropping them. Out. We can drop them a little. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. a little. Uh, what's the word? A little nod. Yeah, yeah. A little tip of the hat. But a little wee tip of the hat. Yeah, but they got you know good good captains and good crew that. Yeah, they're used all, to they're, taking yeah, people out diving. Out yeah, mm-hmm. so. Next question is. How hard will it be to reboard the boat? Hard. <laughs> yeah. In in heavy seas, it's rough. It's rough. Setting, it's rough. I setting, don't know if I told anybody this. Setting foot onto the ladder and climbing it is the hardest, most dangerous single moment in rough water diving. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, being able to time, you know, the, the part of the wave that you're in and the part of the wave that the boat's in are often and probably more likely to not be in sync mm-hmm. than they are to be nice and perfect and right. You know, so as much as you need to time it, you really you need to be like a jazz singer, skiddly bop bop bop, because <laughs> it's it's really it's an off time timing that you're trying to time. I thought that was reggae. <laughs> that was more it's reggae a, to me. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, it's, it's close. Yes. Okay, so the next question to ask yourself is, will you become seasick? Will your buddy? Some of us have iron stomachs, but most divers get at least a bit queasy in rough water. And like we said earlier, though, there are those who have been seasick and those who will get seasick. You know, a lot of it has to do with how hot it is. Did you eat something? How hydrated you are? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, staying, staying cool and hydrated. It's is, helped, super is helpful, super yeah. Having, not being hung over is oh, going to make yeah. a huge difference. You throw those all together, you're, you're going to have a bad day of diving. Oh, yeah, by all means. And you probably should have just stayed in bed. I concur. I concur. It's, uh, although, I mean, I'm either seasick or I'm not. In other words, I either get really seasick or I'm not even the slightest bit. See, I'm different. I mean, I'm, uh, a little. I'm usually really good until I get that. I get that bead of sweat goes that came out of nowhere. I'm like, oh, focus, focus, Jamesy. Get focus. back in the game, Jamesy. <laughs> we need you, Jamesy. You can do it. Stay in the game. Yeah, but it's no fun. But it, it's not. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Um, but there's other people that I mean, I know plenty of divers in the past that as soon as that boat gets out of the a oh, channel yeah, yeah. and it's in the the open water it's game over right and they're sick until that boat gets back into the into the channel uh-huh. and then they're like where the hell have you been for that and they're two? speaking <laughs> reggae yeah boy <laughs> boy i'm feeling good <laughs> i'm feeling good man yeah i know several my wife uh my wife can't get on a she can't get on a dock hardly anymore so i know people that have it really bad Predicting weather is a science about as exact as reading palms, but rising wind, increasing clouds, and a dropping barometer are normally bad signs, which is what we dealt with on Friday, where, where in hindsight, at least that afternoon boat probably could have gone out. Yeah, yeah. But when the, every, every bit of the weather predictions calling for, you know, Sharknado 3. <laughs> yeah. And they go, okay, they cancel, and then... Then they go, well, this ain't so bad. Oh, all my boat captains are out surfing somewhere now. Can't get a hold of them, mm-hmm. right? Versus... You never know with the weather, right? It can change. It can all of a sudden be nice. See, it happen too often, but it's not un, uh, unheard of. No, you know, the, you know. the winds, winds can change and things can uh, die down really, really quick. So the other thing to consider is how much fun are you going to have? That's a huge factor. In reality, at the end of the day... Isn't that like the main ingredient, the, the main objective, the main mission, is you're supposed to be having a good time. And if your head's hanging off the side of a... Right. There's, and, and there's, there's times where you know, the, the captain has looked at me and said, go, no, go. What do you think? Yeah, and, yeah. And I've, I've erred to the, you know what, let's, let's call it. I, I've yeah. been there. You know, it's, oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been there. It's, it, because to it's me, not going to be any fun. You know, because, especially you got doubles and deco bottles and... Dry suits in a hundred degree weather. It's yeah. like, dude, it's yeah. We'll, we'll come back tomorrow. Let's uh, let's let this uh, thing settle down. Oh, I've, I'm the same way, exact same way. I've had to. I'm like, I can just look at that, and the dive to me is 
is completely, the whole mission is counterproductive if you're not having fun. If the whole idea was to have a good time and you are out in 12-foot seas and 100 degrees and wet, or wetsuits or even dry suits, you know, that that's another factor is this, uh, the heat and getting suited up, temp differential, you know, like in the Great Lakes. 100 on the surface in a dry suit, you're getting ready, geared up in twins, walking to the boat in rough seas or to the uh, back of the boat in rough seas. That right there is enough to make most people go, I'm done. And then you drop down and it's 37 degrees or 38 degrees down at the bottom. And you're like, son of a... Yeah, now that sweat is freezing. Yes. <laughs> you're like, what the hell? No, for sure, for sure. So it's all about having having an enjoyable time. And if you're like you're being paid to do some specific dive, well... It's a little it, different. It's yeah. a little bit different versus mm-hmm. if you're there for fun, you can make a different mm-hmm. call. And uh, I think a lot of divers, especially newer divers going in, they, they, they don't realize that they've got so much say in it. It's, there's a little bit of that toughness aspect where they figure mm-hmm. that I just have to muscle through it. Mm-hmm. There's some peer pressure. And then as the yeah. older you get and the wiser you get, you go, yeah. I've been on that boat before. <laughs> yeah. Been there, done that, not fun. Yeah. Almost broke a leg. <laughs> yeah. Almost broke my hip. Like, why? Well, I, I, like I say, I know there's just a, a crap load of accidents that happen in rough seas that are not diving related per se in the sense of pressure underwater related. But they're trauma related from the high seas just beating the shit out of people, whether they're slipping and falling or their heads getting slammed against the side of a boat or, you know, the boat's jumping up on a wave and slamming down on them in the water. It's uh, it's rough. So they move in the article to actually preparing for the dive. So if you've decided that, yeah, we're going to go for it, you want to, number one, wear full-length coverage. If you don't necessarily need it for conserving heat, you may want some abrasive protection. Waves on the surface means surge down below. Yeah, and what they're talking is a full wetsuit. You know, whether it's 85 degrees in the water, put something on. They have skins, you know, the old lycra skins and things like that. But, yeah, because, you, know, you know, we did a, a dive recently in, in Cozumel, you know, from a shore dive, uh, that, that first day of kind of getting going. And where you're going in, there's a little cutlet that you got to swim out like of. A cutlet? A little cutlet, like pork a cutlet, cutlet, like a pork cutlet. <laughs> Sounds delicious. Yeah. But, I mean, you go through this little, you know, it's maybe a six-foot-wide little channel of where there's a little little mm-hmm. area where the is protected where you can drop down with some stairs instead of jumping off the, the rocky right. wall and then swim out into the water, open water. Open yeah. water. But there's coral and urchins and, you know, stuff that you can scrape up and get mm-hmm. beat up and cut up on, you know. And the last time we were down there, I mean, the, the waves were rocking in pretty hard so getting yeah. through that area it was all stirred up you couldn't see get slammed anything, into some fire you know? coral so, and that's the case yeah. with with a couple of uh, new guys that i had with me i was like look at you you want to have a suit on because you go whapping up against a couple of those urchins in there mm-hmm. not going to be uh doing too good the urchins will be laughing but you know how urchins laugh <laughs> <laughs> they have more of a reggae laugh i thought <laughs> Start gearing up early. It's especially important to be, quote unquote, put together carefully when you expect rough conditions. Put your crap together on on shore. Yeah, I mean, the, get halfway the boat, in your dry suit. When the boat is tied up to the dock, you know, mm-hmm. far away from open water in flat, calm water, that's where you want everything set up, if possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, have have your whole rig geared up, ready to go, so that when it's open water time and the boat's getting knocked around, all you gotta do is. Slip it on and jump in the water and go. You mean it's not fun to try to set scuba gear up when the <laughs> the boat's going up 20 feet to 10 feet, and slamming all over the place? And, and then you try to watch people put, you know, wetsuits on, hopping around on one oh, foot, trying yeah. to put a wet, struggling with a wetsuit. And then it's, you know, 95 degrees out or or even, you know, throwing that, that dry, trying to get the dry suit on. It, it can be rough. It can be rough. You know, remember, you can't just lay on the ground and put it on. Even then, you'd be rolling all over the place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Double checks. Straps and buckles will take extra strains. Make sure Velcro is clean and in good shape. Make sure fin straps and mast straps aren't cracked. Don't forget to check your buddy's gear and have him check yours. Truth. You see people struggling to get their gear together on a boat, mm-hmm. particularly that cam strap on the on the BCD. You know, they yeah. really don't. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't get it. 
they don't do it down. every day. They, they, yeah. Well, that, they didn't get it snug down enough, yeah. you know, because the boat's rocking and rolling and throwing them around. So they snap that mm-hmm. that cam buckle in place with just the 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 hail mary of it. it's tight <laughs> yeah. enough, you know. Yeah. And they walk to the back of the boat and it falls out. Yeah. Right, right. So those are the things that you you got to be aware of. Those little things. And then they can't turn around because they've got their fins on. And then, <laughs> then they stand then, there like looking at the dive master, like. Uh, you created this mess. You, you had to know. Um, <laughs> I can't put my cam strap on. <laughs> when, when it's rocking and rolling and knocking around, and you don't have the luxury of like standing up mm-hmm. and getting your you know BCD and, and gear on your body and, and snug down properly, it's probably a sloppy fit. Mm-hmm. So going into the water, knowing that you're going to make readjust. that entry mm-hmm. 10 feet, yeah, you're going to readjust everything and get everything dialed in and cleaned up rather than what a lot of people do is they just make the Hail Mary of hoping mm-hmm. hoping nothing goes wrong because I couldn't set gear up very well on this dive. That's... You just got to get in that habit of you get, you hit 10 feet, you do the little buddy check with uh, with your bros in the water, Yeah, your your chicks in the water. Bros and, and chicks. Uh, or your bros and chicks because you're a... Uh, you're a, a co-ed, you're, you're a co-ed dive team? Yeah, I think that's the mantra to a lot of people of especially you know going out in these kind of conditions is uh just hope and pray nothing goes wrong that's all because they're they're rushed getting into their gear because they just want to get off the boat and you watch them put it on and you know clips don't get clipped off that's you hope the dive masters got their shit together and they're going to catch all that stuff and help with the cam bands and you know all that kind of good stuff but it just seems that it's more critical in the rough sea time to have everything secure and in place and locked and loaded and you've done your double checks then in the calm seas but Absolutely. you in reality it's the other way it's, it's something that's got to be done yeah. every time well yeah exactly and that's why you do it every time to build the habit and you know it becomes quicker and easier and sure, it becomes because, uh, more the, fluid the calm weather there's the complacency where you don't even think mm-hmm. twice about getting suited up there's the rough weather it's all it's you're getting beat to hell and mm-hmm. you get rushed i just want to so get in the water i just want to get in the water but in reality both of those need the routine mm-hmm. that's my point that's it exactly so surface signaling devices while you're diving the boat may drag its anchor or a mooring pendant may break turning this into a live boat dive or the storm may have generated enough current and uh sweeps you off course be prepared to surface some distance from the boat and signal it that's crucial always be prepared in open water to Come up and have no boat there. Well, it, it, at luckily, least in the back luckily of your mind. now in like the last five years, a lot of even the big agencies are, are seeing the value of that surface, surface marker, marker buoy, mm-hmm. you know, which used to be just roll up this uh, Ziploc baggie of a safety sausage. You know, now they're actually looking at a, a better built nylon mm-hmm. inflatable surface marker. A lot of them are starting to show the value and the benefit of a deployable mm-hmm. surface marker where you can send up that marker from depth before you even get there while you're doing the, the last year stops. Yeah. And thankfully that the, you know, I know the major agency that is actually promoting teaching it in your open water class, you know, which is great. Finally, uh, right. this is something many divers have been preaching for a long time, especially tech divers. You always carry that piece of equipment. You carried a marker bag already pre-rigged, ready to rock and roll. And because, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And ultimately, I think it's uh, safe to, uh, or it's good to let everybody know, ultimately, you know, they make different size marker buoys for, for a good reason. And if you've got just a typical three to four foot, you know, uh, two, three inch diameter little marker buoy, mm-hmm. right, because it's easy to carry and it fits in your BCD pocket, yeah. that's great for a lot of the dives. But when you're in six to eight foot seas, you're not that gonna thing be seen yet. isn't going to be doing a no. single thing, right? So Size you matters. Something. You know, and it, and, it, and it is true, like, had you, had you come up and you have on you a three to four footer marker bag, I'm talking. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, well, you go and pop that. Are you sure that's what you're talking about? <laughs> well, yes, but it, it, which brings up another now, discussion. Now is, because I, I've seen people tell me. Yeah. That they've got a like a six foot marker buoy, but then when they deploy and then they get it, on the yeah. boat and they deploy it, well, yeah. Or it's when they not hit a, the surface, they deploy it. It's like four inches. That's not yeah. That's not <laughs> that's not a marker buoy. <laughs> Although in my case, is like is is that a marker buoy? Or are you just excited to see me? I I used to get that line quite a bit. <laughs> 
Is that a marker boy in your pocket, or are you just excited to see me? Happy to see me. So is that I the always, right word? That's why I always take my uh, my Surface <laughs> marker buoy to the pub with me. Yes. <laughs> Got to be prepared. But, yeah, there is that. Divers, that uh, divers nowadays have a little, like, when, like you, you get, like, a Mark group it. of six divers, you know, and, and they're all stowing away their little three, three, four mm-hmm. foot, you know, mark, and you whip out whip out that <laughs> six, eight footer. They, you, they get a little envious from time well, to time. It's they called marker that. bag envy, you know? It's not, it's, it's a very common psychological term used in, you know, psychology circles, obviously, but it's marker bag envy. And I've seen it, seen it up firsthand, seen it up close firsthand. But on a serious note, in the way, in the seas we had, this past weekend, if you pull out a three to four footer, you're not going to be seen. You, you're you're just going to be sitting in the valley of a wave, and occasionally, if you get up in the crest, you got to remember another crest might be bigger. It doesn't help. A three to four footer is not adequate. Yeah, that's why they make those wider seas. wider mm-hmm. diameter and taller bags. Yeah, you with need the to... little reflective tape at the top that that mm-hmm. you know can be picked up for sure. Yeah, so so uh, definitely be carrying one of those in open water. Yeah, you need to you need to have the the conscious thought of convenience to carry versus usability on mm-hmm. the dive. Now is the time to discuss explicitly with your buddy where you're going to go, when you're going to return, what air reserve you're going to maintain, and all the rest of it, and review your hand signals. So you, this is the time you need to be planning your dive very well versus a lot of times people get on those boats in those flat calm seas and they just take it all for granted. Mm-hmm. Eh. Exactly. It's easy to, you know. But in those rough conditions, it's more important that you're on track of we're doing the, these stops. Uh, we're turning at this point. We need this reserve gas because right. I could have to be breathing from my regulator the whole time up, up, up on the surface right. after the dive. And, Although it doesn't use much gas, it does use some, and you should should have it in your mind. And you should always be planning that way. You don't know what's going to happen. You go, you can go in and, you know, flat calm and come out in 8 to 10 footers. That's happened in the Great oh, Lakes to oh, us, yeah. you know. More than once. I just had it in Milwaukee on my last dive. It's like jump in, maybe one footers, nice and easy. Come up, I'm like, what the hell happened here? Been there, yeah. And, you know, what took us an hour and a half to get out to took us three and a half hours to get back from because of the rough seas. So, anyway, yes. Been there, been there in Thunder Bay. And then then the boat didn't start. And then, of course, the boat didn't. Or you always have that, which I've yeah, been out yeah. there too, like the boat doesn't start. Oh! Now, the Thankfully, only, the only food on yeah. the boat. We were out there for six hours. The oh, only food on the God. boat is one lady had a Ziploc snack baggie <laughs> of Swedish fish nice. candies. Nice. So, Just think about it. Oh my gosh, was were the seas really rough? Oh, we were cut. We were cutting Swedish fish in half. And <laughs> <laughs> I almost, I almost killed a man and ate him. It's like that scene. We resorted to remember, cannibalism. Remember that old um, Disney cartoon? Of Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and Goofy when they did the Jack and the Beanstalk scene, yeah, uh, scene, and they were yeah. so poor they were cutting, cutting up, <laughs> they're cutting their last bean. <laughs> yeah. to, to that was it, eh? It was like that. Yikes! Reduce your task loading. Diving itself will make greater demands today, so maybe you should leave the complex camera rig and the DPV behind. False. No, absolutely. If you, again, this goes to know thyself, especially with diving. Uh, I've left stuff in the past, although I'm, I pretty much take my camera most every dive, and I have been, I have taken camera and DPVs on dives, and if things are getting really hairy, you can say, well, we're not going to do the dive, or you can say, we'll do the dive, and I just won't take my camera. Yeah, just you know, focus on the dive. Yeah, focus on the dive kind of thing. So, yeah, the more, the more little toys you've, you add into that mix, the more complex the dive becomes. There's something to be said for knowing when to say that's enough yeah because when the when the environment requires more of your awareness mm-hmm. you don't need to take a bunch of extra little trinkets with you that eat up your awareness yeah i mean the other th- side of that is you have to weigh that with what is a requirement for the dive sure well i think a, a, a lot of this is geared to, to the average the, the, the yeah, traveling right. diver that's going to get out and i'm just you know, making, should i yeah. go should i not mm-hmm. go should i take my gopro with me right and get lost in the lens of the gopro and forget about my mm-hmm. buddy because that too much is happening yeah and i'm speaking more of two maybe there are technical divers which out there. means which comes to diving smart in rough water make 
transits underwater. Forget about swimming on the surface to conserve air. Instead, figure out a compass course to the reef or whatever. Descend to quiet water and transit below the surge. How deep depends on how big the waves are. But 15 to 20 feet should be plenty. So, you know, we had the issue of, of, of coming up. I mean, the visibility was beautiful. Yes. Right, but on the surface, it was rocking and rolling. Yeah. And where most people are all walking hand over hand up that mooring line right right in a big you know i don't mass, even like to do that on calm seas <laughs> yeah. uh, you know at, at 15 feet yeah. you know just clamoring for space on that on that line and then hitting the surface and then they got to remember to catch on to the the mm-hmm. granny line to pull themselves to the back of the boat you know you're there coming up and you can see the boat you can see the tag mm-hmm. line floating out all right let's just do the last of our stops drifting yeah catch the yeah. Catch the line at the back, get away from this mess, not have to deal with all those surface conditions. You're just getting beat up and slammed yeah. against the, the hull of the boat all the way back to the ladder. Or being slammed against each other because you're, right. you know, you got half a dozen people, one little, you know, they're up at the dive ball up there at the surface. To, uh... Beware. Surge often accelerates around corners and through openings. Wreck with their many sharp edges, abrupt angles, and funnel-like openings can be especially dangerous in high surge. Approach carefully and remember that surge, like the waves above that generated, come in sets. A period of mild surge may be followed by stronger surge a few minutes later. Cave divers know this. I mean, this isn't surge and anything like that, but it's flow. And, it, you know, you use the, the rocky outcroppings to hide behind the flow. And you know that when you peek your head around it, whew, it can take Ooh. your mask off. It can take you away. Um, so, yeah, you got to take into account the environment, the, the shape of the environment how it's going to affect the current and flow and surge. You remember remember diving up in Tobe from the shore there? We would we would get blown out, so we're like, well, let's just do a shore dive. Well, the shore was still having four-footers, you know, it, and you're walking out on the rocks, you know, with your gear on yeah, yeah. and carrying a DPV and the camera, and uh, I can remember just getting slammed, and I would be la- laughing. So here's a, here's a funny joke, and I should put this clip up because this is a shout-out to my old buddy Scotty Lang if he's listening. So we are ending the dive. We had our scooters just along in that shore dive, you know, like you're right. in a little canyon thing kind of deal. You know where I'm talking. Yeah, yeah. just, just uh, over the little drop-off from where the, yeah. the Alice G is. There you go, the Alice G. That I was trying to remember what was the name of that. Uh, so we're scootering, and we scooter out, and we scooter back to our entry point. It was very difficult putting our fins on and even like three or four foot of water on the entry. So Scotty's going to take his fins off where it's like 10 feet deep, right? And then <laughs> yeah, scoot- and let the that. scooter pull him in, right? Yeah. Well, he, get- he gets his fins off, and he has no balance whatsoever. He starts flipping upside down, and then his trigger, he catches his trigger, and it's just towing him around, and he's flopping in the mud. <laughs> Awesome. I'm watching this, and this shame on me, I guess, bad dive buddy, but I'm filming him. So, I, I, and you can hear me just, I'm laughing so hard, I almost, I, I couldn't catch my breath. I was laughing so hard. So, there are fun times to be had at the cost of others' tragedy. That's a buddy, <laughs> That's a buddy for you. That's a buddy for you. Now, hey, and the, the thing is, you know, I could tell this to Scotty, but Scotty knows, as you would probably be the same way, you'd have been laughing your ass off at me. Scotty been laughing his ass off at me. So, and our thing also was, you know, we always wanted something named after ourselves in diving. You know, back in the day, we're like, oh, you know, you've got the Jasper Loop on your reel named after the cave diver Woody Jasper. And then you've got uh, the Hogarthian uh, rig named after William Hogarth, Maine. And then, uh, we wanted, uh, you know, that I call a Lang pulling a Lang. (laughs) (laughs) So he did get something named after himself. It's the, it's the practice of taking your fins off and when you shouldn't have taken yeah in high. And it was the surge. It was the waves that were kicking his ass. It was, it was hilarious. I love it. Um, should we title this episode Pulling a Lang? Pulling a Lang. <laughs> Pulling a Lang. I like that. <laughs> Make the safety stop deeper. If you feel enough wave action at 15 feet that it's difficult to maintain station, drop to 20 feet. Um, yeah, get down a little bit where the uh, where the water's a little calmer. Yeah, underneath um, it. Just because your dive computer says that you have to be at exactly 15 feet for it to trigger the mm-hmm. safety stop recording feature on the unit right when you just came up from an 80 foot dive 
20 feet is a nice, healthy reduction. It's adequate in, gradient. Uh, that yeah, gradient ratio. Of, uh, that gradient of ambient pressure mm-hmm. to allow you to start off gassing. Exactly. Doing the safety. Yeah. Yeah, the five-foot difference, especially in the shallows, isn't going to make that much of a difference uh, with regard to you completing your safety stop. And what I think you got to weigh the risk, you know, like, A, a safety stop is usually not a mandatory thing. It's a, we should do it just to be clean, to be good. Uh, And if the seas are being an asshole to you, you got to do the safer thing, which is get a little bit low, you know, get get below those uh, those rough seas so you're not getting your ass kicked. And when you when you mentioned the the weighing the the safety that that mm-hmm. that the benefit of of getting it done versus the risk of losing it, mm-hmm. like trying to do it in 10, 15 feet where it's too shallow and you just don't get any of it done. Yeah, you, you pop to, to the, the surface, surface. Yeah, versus getting it done but five feet deeper, yeah. you're far better off getting it done a couple feet deeper. Mm-hmm. Approach the ladder carefully. Remember that waves and surge have sets of strong flows and weaker ones. Hang back until you get a sense of the rhythm and wait for the weaker set. And don't get behind the guy getting up on the ladder. Give yourself That's a 101. That's open water 101. But it's easy to, uh, you know, I just want to get on board, you know. Yeah, you got to have that awareness of where he's at. And and Uh when he's up at the top of the ladder, that's probably the worst Worst place. place. You want to make sure that the dive masters have a hold of him. And they're walking him yeah. to his seat. Then start. Then approach the ladder. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and don't pull a lang and <laughs> take your fins off before you have a hole in that ladder. Yeah. yeah. Two or three feet, you're like, I'm only a couple feet away. Take your fins off. No, no, you'll never make it to the ladder. You'll never make it there, especially if you've got twins on or something, trying to swim without fins. All right. So this is um, this is a re- really good article. We'll put a link to it in um, in the notes there on the website. They, they continue to go on through, you know, other conditions uh, that were going to make you consider that go, no-go situation, like dealing with wind and rain, um, knowing that you're going to have stinky viz, the preparing for those dives, the decision-making on those dives, mm-hmm. the, the things to consider. So it's a good article. Yeah. Um, it's in their... Uh, It'll be in their archives if you go to scuba diving.com. You yeah, look, I'll try to throw a link up. you got to look. I'll okay, yeah, so we'll, yeah. Find a, we'll throw a link to that in there. Uh, but it was a good one to kind of guide us through and keep us on track for discussing this past weekend. Yeah. Weekend of diving, yeah, which was a good time. You know, shout out yeah. to the crew over at Pompano Dive Center. Mm-hmm. They they took good care of us despite the windy, rough weather. The, the despite angry the un, seas, uncooperating, windy bitch of a yes, sea. Yes, the seas were angry that day, my friend. I will tell you. So hey, that was. Um, we we did get some dives in, so let's uh, whip out these logbooks and log this puppy. This was uh, this was a rough. It was a rough sea dive, but it's still a great dive, I think. Yeah, don't you think it was a great dive? Oh, the, the, oh that was a great dive. Well, the dives we did were great. Yeah, that's what I mean. So uh, on that note, let's uh, let's sign these logbooks and call it a call it a successful day on the angry sea. Aye, give me that logbook, me me matey. Get well soon, love. Sammy. Okay, let me sign this as boop. And now your name. <laughs> do, you, do you know what that means? Do you speak reggae? You know what that means? In, in reggae, that means don't pull a lang. Don't pull a lang. And a shout out to my old buddy Scott Lang for letting us use the, the lang, the trademarked lang. Scott, he's a great diver. Should I, should, I don't want to put that out there. He's a great diver. One day pulled a lang. Pulled a lang. He had something named after him, so maybe his dreams did come true. So maybe dreams really can come true in diving. All right, guys. Take care. Ciao. Safe diving. Only the trained ear can discern it. Well, because the the jazz, the jazz scat is more like a But reggae, reggae is like skilly bop 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 skilly bop bop bop, my man. Yeah, man. Irie, yeah, Irie, skilly bop bop bop. Should give a shout out to our reggae master Peter Bernard. Oh yeah, big shout out to Peter Bernard, steel drum. Yes, steel drum maestro down there in. Playing at the Sands Harbor 
uh, what was that place called? The Sands Harbor oh, the ca- restaurant. It, it was just, yeah. yeah the Sands it wasn't Harbor. the Rusty Hook, was it? No, that was the place inside. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the outside is something But else. playing out on the old uh, patio, the deck, patio mm-hmm. deck bar. But yeah, well, Pete's rendition of Margaritaville via the reggae uh, uh, twist, the reggae genre of Margaritaville. Now, we tried we, to get him tried, to play it, yeah. yeah. So we tried, to, we tried to get the guy to play. So he's, he's playing <laughs> steel drum like his ambiance music for everybody. So we tried to get him to play Margaritaville by Jimmy Buffett because you hear it everywhere when you're yes. in Florida, right? Oh, God, it's, yeah. it's You can't go into a... Any bar or restaurant and not hear Margaritaville at least once. And that's why it's I don't on, know it's how. It's on the loop somewhere. Like waiters and waitress, the wait staff aren't ready to kill somebody. Bartenders, because it's just playing all day long at work. How right. would you like to work under those conditions? Like, you, I was a huge fan of Jimmy Buffett until I moved to Florida and got a job would, as a bartender. I would rather put lug nuts on a car <laughs> 18 hours a day in, in the dark with one fluorescent light, like. 20 feet away from me and <laughs> then, with 10 degrees hear, outside and five hear, five degree wind chill factor here margaritaville <laughs> twice an hour all day every day but uh, we tried to get him to play margaritaville on loop non-stop until somebody complained and see how or how someone many, was killed <laughs> see how many times we could get it to uh <laughs> and he started a second as a joke but he knew he, he was like yeah i'm not gonna piss these people off. oh yeah nobody's gonna yeah, yeah. tip me if they, if they he, well off. he probably knew in his head this will not end well this will be bad 